Welcome to Mind Matters Perspectives, and I'm your host, Sneha. Perspectives is about bringing you conversations from individuals around the world, sharing their stories and experiences of life. We're trying to create a space to have the necessary but sometimes hard conversations on mental health, community, life, and everything in between. Conversation and information are an integral part of our lives and our growth. And with that very same hope, incredible people from all over the globe are sharing their perspective with you. Please know that sometimes these discussions get intense and we touch on topics like depression, anxiety, self-harm, abuse, and more. So if any of these topics can trigger you, please take care while listening. Listen with a friend or someone you trust. If this environment is not immediately available to you, I request to wait till you're in a better state of mind and a safer space. Also know we are not professionals giving out any medical opinions, but individuals sharing our perspective and our stories. If you need any professional help, please seek the same. This podcast is not a substitute for professional help. Thank you and take care. And without any more further delay, let's get into today's chat. Joining us from the United States is uh, Rachel Graff, uh, an incredible photographer and also someone who has been so kind to come have a discussion on something that's personally very special to me and something that I, I know that I've shared about before as well, which is grief. So um, I really am appreciative of you joining me here to have this discussion because I know it's not easy. And like I shared with you, a lot of um, the things that you were talking about with your experience was something I could, so I could feel that relatability to it. And like, I felt so drawn to it, which is what made me reach out. So I'm really, really grateful that you said yes. Um, to start us off, Rachel, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from and what you're doing? Sure. Um, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm super excited about this. Um, as you said, I'm Rachel Graff. I am from Minneapolis, Minnesota in the United States. Um, and I am a wedding and portrait photographer. Um, so that is my full-time job and I absolutely love it. I get to meet really interesting people and photograph some of the best days of their lives. So I truly think I have the best job in the world. And might I just add an incredible photographer, you can see the emotion captured in every photo that I saw. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, well, so uh, to kind of get into what uh, discussion is, before we actually got into that, I, I was curious, um, for conversations around mental health, grief, any, something that you grew up with, I was just curious because um, one, like again, you were discussing, uh, we're all part of such different cultures and like it's such a different state of what this conversation is with everyone. So I was just curious, is this something that you grew up with? I would say not especially. Um, I'm fortunate in that I don't think that there was a lot of struggles with mental health in you know my family growing up. So part of it might have been that it just you know wasn't really something that was on our radar a lot. Um, I think once I got to high school and I started to have friends who maybe struggled with things like anxiety, um, it started to become more normal for me. Um, but I wouldn't say that, you know, mental health was a, a typical topic of conversation in my household, no. Thank you for sharing. Uh, it's always been something that uh, I've been curious to find out because um, it, it's such a, at a different state, right? Like uh, for me, it was never there. And my entire conversation around grief that I was taught was, uh, you live your entire life. Um, once you're old, you pass. And that was kind of my understanding yeah. and definition of grief. So when I lost my brother, it was quite a 
it, it didn't make sense. Like it really hit me in such a way. It just didn't make sense. It didn't fit in the definition. Uh, but uh, if only if you're comfortable sharing and if you're open to it, would you tell us a little bit about what your story with grief is? Yeah. Um, so similar to you, I lost a sibling. Um, so in late October, my older sister, Lauren, was 39 weeks pregnant with um, my little nephew. At the time, we didn't know if she was having a boy or girl, but um, she was 39 weeks pregnant. Um, and she actually suffered a pulmonary embolism, which is essentially a blood clot that moves to your lungs um, and restricts access to your, your lungs, your heart, things like that. Um, it was very sudden and unexpected. And um, they ended up doing an emergency C-section on her and successfully delivering my nephew. Um, but unfortunately my sister did not make it. And this was something that was just a complete and total shock to me and my family, because similar to you, you don't think that someone who's 32 years old is gonna pass away. And on top of that, you know, having a baby, especially in our culture is this, you know, perfect, wonderful thing to celebrate. It's a joyful event. So having um, something so joyful kind of collide with something so tragic at the exact same time was just kind of unbelievable. Um, and she was a healthy, active, 32-year-old woman who was about to become a mom. Um, so it just made the situation all the more tragic. And now there's, you know, a healthy baby boy, thank goodness, that, you know, isn't growing up with his mother. So um, it was, you know, shocking to say the least. Um, and I was actually on a plane getting home from a vacation from Italy when I actually got the phone call from my mother about what was going on. So my sister actually ended up passing five days after she suffered her pulmonary embolism and five days after my nephew was born. Um, we feel very thankful for that, that those two dates aren't exactly intertwined because we want to be able to celebrate my nephew's birthday um, and not have that day also be our exact day of mourning, even though they were kind of an intertwined events. Um, so, you know, the aftermath has been you know, something that you just never think you're going to go through. You never think that it's going to happen to you. Um, you, you know, it, like you said, it doesn't make sense when someone who's so young passes and especially at a time that's supposed to be so exciting and joyful and your life is really just starting. Um, and I think I've gone through a lot of kind of that denial and disbelief part of the grieving journey because it was sudden and happened at a time where I was expecting to get a phone call that was happy and joyful that says the baby's here. And unfortunately it was, you know, very clouded by something so dark and sad. Um, so, you know, since then it's been a lot of joy and grief combined because we also have this wonderful new baby that's part of our family. And I think that's something that makes my grief journey really unique because I didn't just suffer a loss at the exact same time we, we gained something wonderful. And having those two emotions, you know, colliding at the same time and happening at the same time has made it, I will definitely say more bearable to have some pockets of joy among your grieving, but it also comes with a lot of other emotions of, you know, wishing that my sister could see this baby that she should be here to raise and, you know, it makes it more tragic at the same time. So I will say my my grief journey is a little unique in that way. And it also is much more complicated, I think, because of all the other surrounding circumstances of her loss. 
you know, when you're sharing what you just shared, like some aspects of it, I could say like, you know, I, I really know what that feels like. But then yeah. at the same time, I also can't imagine the kind of feelings that you've uh, been through. Because uh, I, uh, my brother, what happened with him was is uh, when he was 24 and I was 16 and we were very close and he was because of the age gap along with being my older brother he was also like a parental figure for me um yeah. and it was you wouldn't you don't expect a 24 year old fit guy to have a heart attack at two in the morning and because we were so um uh, we didn't know what happened and like it, it's it's legal protocol that they have to conduct a postmortem to find out and we found out it was something called deep vein, deep vein thrombosis which is also a blood clot that traveled up and caused uh, did this one so when you were sharing that I was like okay that's something that I really can feel and understand but at the same time I, I believe the grief is so different for every individual uh, you can relate to up to a certain extent so uh, I can't imagine what you've been through but at the same time I feel like I can so it's such yeah. a unique uh, position and it's tough uh, but thank you so much for sharing that uh, when, when you've went through your stages of grief uh, I, I have a, I have a slight issue with the, the entire concept of the stages of grief. It really gives this idea that grief is such a linear journey when it's anything but. Uh, but when yeah. you went through that, did you ever have this phase where you felt like nothing really matters? Everything just seems very petty as opposed to like what's been going on? Or is this something that you can relate to? Absolutely. Um, I will say that I... I agree with the stages of grief thing. It's more of a cycle versus a, mm -hmm. a journey because when people think of the stages, they think they hit a stage and they're done. And yeah. while I'm still only a couple months out from my loss, I already know that it's not ever going to be done. It might lessen and you know, I might feel like I've conquered a piece of those stages maybe, but I don't think it will ever end and so it really is more of a cycle and everyone I've talked to who has experienced a loss kind of says the same thing um I definitely hit that like everything is petty nothing matters stage um especially because my story was so kind of public in that you know I, I shared a lot about it and I think my sister touched a lot of lives and so it felt like this really big loss not just for me and not to say anyone's loss is, is smaller than another but it just it felt all consuming and especially because you know the idea that there is now this baby who wasn't going to have a mom and she was so young and just it it felt like how could I ever care about something so small like you know upcoming holidays again um my sister passed at the end of October and so Thanksgiving and Christmas were you know close following and it felt really hard to just feel like you could get to a place that you could ever celebrate again you know um and my nephew has helped a lot with that just because we also have that pull of like well this is his first Christmas and you know his first Thanksgiving and you want him to have those happy memories so I do think that's really helped us kind of pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and like really you know find little moments of joy but there were times that I really had a hard time working and especially the nature of my job you know going to weddings and photographing people's you know happiest days was kind of paired with me being in this really dark place um so i i struggled a lot with kind of getting excited about anything when there was such a tragedy going on kind of underneath the surface um and I, I shared a lot about that with my friends and just on my social media because 
I think social media also is like this highlight reel, right? We we can post only happy things. That's kind of the, the mentality. And especially if people get on social media complained about something that was petty, it was really triggering for me. And mm-hmm. it kind of still is. <laughs> um, how did you kind of like work through it? Would you like any specific uh, thing that helped you work through it? I won't lie. Uh, I've I've been on my journey of faith for almost seven years now. In fact, uh, my brother's death anniversary was hardly a week ago. Um, oh. And uh, I still have moments of this. Uh, is it even worth it? Because and and to add yeah. to it, the kind of work that I do is uh, along, like along with mind matters. I'm also uh, studying to be a human rights lawyer. So uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the work that I find is it's. It's a lot. Um, yeah, and you really very heavy. Of, it's heavy and it's hard hitting. And like sometimes you really think about like, is, is any of this worth doing? And I have my moments as well. And I just feel like I, you don't uh, you don't really grow out of it. You just grow with it is what I've kind of uh, come to yes. understand with my journey of grief. But, yeah, um, I think how a couple things that have helped. Yeah, a couple of things that have helped me have been one, clinging to my really good friends because there have been friends out there who, you know, showed their support for a week or a month. And now, you know, they're kind of going back to their normal lives and can complain to me about things. And I just, I, I'm not, I'm not a good listening ear for that sort of stuff right now. Um, but I also have some really great friends who completely understand that they can't understand, but they're there to listen and they know that I'm working through something really monumental and they're really great about either being just a really good listening ear or a distraction and are kind of tuned into the fact that I'm going through something really big. Um, The other thing that has helped me is I try to look at my... you know, struggle with petty stuff as a positive, like it's making me a better person to be attuned to the fact that some problems are small and some problems are big and my small problems no longer get to me the same way that they used to. So I try to reframe it and think like, yeah, it's annoying that that person is complaining about something so small right now, but it helps me know that I shouldn't do that in the future or it helps put a lot of things into perspective in my own life that maybe would have gotten to me and really made me upset before my sister's passing and now just sort of seem small. Um, So I think trying to always kind of spin it positive and say like, this is making me a better person and maybe a more empathetic human being um, versus going to, you know, nasty feelings about someone who's maybe complaining about something petty or, you know, it helps me kind of relax about things that I can't control, you know, more than I used to. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, but I'm sure, I'm sure I'll have my bad days too, where I <laughs> am not <laughs> patient and can't spin it positive And I'm just, you know, a little upset. And I, I think that's fair too, letting ourselves feel all the feelings that come. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm so glad that you have the friends that you know are there for you. I think that's yeah. a big part of this whole journey. Grief can itself be so isolating. And when you find people that you have as that kind of support, I think it really does help because I know that I have a few friends that I, I 100% can say I would not be here right now 
sitting and doing this project had it not been for them throughout uh, different stages of uh, my entire journey. So uh, a shout out to those amazing individuals in both our lives. Yes, and I, I, you know, at first I kind of struggled with some of my friends who maybe weren't as supportive or weren't doing the things I wanted them to do in the moment. And I had to really just try to tell myself like, they're maybe not your best friends right now, but that doesn't mean they're bad friends. Like I'm going through something so unique and so tragic that like, I don't want anyone to ever have to understand what I'm going through because I never want this to happen to anyone else. And so, you know, as a 28 year old, like I hope no one ever has to lose a sibling, right? But at the same time, I'm, I also deeply want them to understand. So you're constantly pulled in, you know, multiple directions of like, you know, knowing that no one really gets it, but also wanting to feel understood. And so that's been a struggle. And I'm kind of accepting, like, I'm going to have some friends who are better than others right now, but it doesn't necessarily mean any of my friends are bad. They just don't, they don't understand. And like, that's, that's okay. Um, so I, I, I will say though, there have been some people in my life who have experienced loss, you know, and those tend to be people who you realize that unfortunately you're part of this club that nobody wants to ever be in. Um, but it does make us all closer mm-hmm. and more deeply connected because we, we understand that pain. Yeah. I think that shared grief kind of, well, helps develop a nurture a deeper relationship almost yeah. and I, in one way you hate that that's what connects you but like you wish that no one understood that kind of pain but at the same time because you understand how heavy that pain is having someone that understands it and that can support you through it is also like yeah. such a relief and a life-saving feeling so it's really yeah. a catch-22 when you have both you have both the spaces Absolutely. to be in well, and I, I love what you said about grief being isolating because I've, I've said that many times over the past few months because even the people who have maybe experienced grief themselves, they don't understand your grief and your story because they were not part of the relationship that you lost. And, you know, I actually have another sister in addition to the one who passed away. And, you know, I'm so glad I have her because she is literally the only other person in the world who is going through the exact same thing I am. But even then we had two different relationships with, you know, my sister who passed and, you know, there's still unique sides to our grieving, even though we both lost our sister in the exact same way. Um, So that can feel really isolating because even people who are grieving my own sister don't understand the exact loss that I had, you know? And so it's hard to, not you know you don't want to compare your grief to others because everything is unique yet people who have grieved a loved one are really the only other people who like might kind of understand <laughs> um so I've been I've been you know l- lamenting the isolating piece a lot because you know even when you're not alone it can still feel like you're alone in losing mm. the specific relationship you lost yeah, I know exactly what you mean, especially the, even when you're not alone, but feeling alone. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, it, um, you said your your brother was like a second parent to you, and I really identify with that with my sister. She was only four years older than me, but was very nurturing and loving and like the total quintessential older sister. Um, and, you know, that relationship is something that 
even though I have another sister, they're not the same person. And, you know, I'm still really mourning that. And so I really connect with, with that loss for you. Well, I, it's like that again. I think I I hate that you understand what I'm feeling, but at the same time, like there is a sense of like comfort that, okay, I'm not completely alone in what it is, the emotion that I'm feeling. Um, Is there, is there anything that you've learned from your journey especially over the last couple of months. And again, uh, I am incredibly grateful that even though this is something that's happened so recently, you're still open to talking about it. Um, Is there anything that you've learned from your journey that uh, you think would help others that are grieving to know? Yeah, I, I've learned a lot over the last couple of months, I will say, and I'm sure I will keep learning. the biggest thing I think I've learned is that you need to tell people what you need. Um, and that comes easier to me than it might to others. Um, but I have found a lot of success in just being very open and honest with people about what I want and need from them. Um, and I was recently reading an article about kind of grieving and or supporting others who are grieving. And it said something about there are really three ways you can treat someone who's grieving. You can listen to them, let them talk, you can leave them alone, or you can distract them. And those are really the the three options. And I've started to learn that I can just tell people which of those three things I need in any given moment. And that will help me heal faster. And I, you know, I tell people what I could need of those three things can change hour by hour, right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But um, it, that really helped me kind of, I, I really like systems and you know organization and that really helped put in perspective like oh yeah there are really three options and I can just sort of voice which of those three I need and that you know can be helpful to the people around me who are trying to be supportive and maybe don't know how Um, so I found that that has helped me and I, I try to do that really honestly like hey right now I really need a distraction or right now I really need to talk and I need you to just listen and you don't even have to try to understand you don't have to try to connect with me I just need you to sit and listen you know um so I I have found that to be very helpful and like I said it comes easier to me than it might to others but I do think it has been very helpful um the other thing I've learned is to really try to cling to people who understand and as I just kind of mentioned it's not always easy to find someone who understands but I have found a lot of help in spending time with my brother-in-law my sister's uh, husband um, my parents my other sister you know people who really loved my loved one who I lost and you know can understand who she was and what she meant to me Um, and part of it is like we don't even have to talk about her or our loss. I just know that I'm spending time with people who are grieving too. And I don't have to pretend that I'm not sad or I don't have to pretend, you know, anything. Um, so I, I've really found comfort in that. And I know not everyone maybe has a family like that, or it might be harder for people who maybe lose a friend that don't have those same connections, but spending time with anyone else also who has just experienced loss has been helpful to me to kind of talk through and commiserate which is one of the reasons I was excited to have this opportunity to chat with you today because it's it's nice to just not feel alone I, I well I really appreciate that and honestly I think all of that what you shared is is, is very similar to what's helped me um, 
kind of deal with my grief. The only thing is, it took me a good amount of time to kind of come to that place. Uh, because in my culture, we never have conversations about mental health and grief. And um, mm-hmm. truth be told, I still haven't had a conversation with my parents about the fact mm-hmm. that my brother has passed. We still haven't. And that's just the kind of dynamic that we have. So it took me a good amount of time before I came to a place where I started talking. And when I started talking about it is when things actually started to kind of make sense, um, which kind of grew into this project also eventually. But uh, yeah, a lot of what you shared is something that has helped me as well. And it's just that it took me a good amount of time, a good five, six years before I got to that place. And it's been seven yeah. years. <laughs> wow. Well, and, you know, early on when I was grieving my sister and really, I mean, deeply in the grief process, I had talked to other people who had experienced, you know, tragic losses and they would tell me things like, you know, I'm, I'm seven years in and I'm still grieving or, you know, it never really stops. And at first I, I really didn't like that because I wanted to feel like that feeling would end and the deep grief does end, but it never fully goes away. And I think that's mm-hmm. something that I've come to terms with faster than I expected, but it, early on, I, I hated someone telling me that I would always be sad, but now it makes more sense to me. And it's actually more comforting to me that I'm even just a little bit outside of that, that path. Um, the other thing, and you, you know, you might've experienced this too, is I really needed to give myself time to be sad. Um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of a, I'm a busy body. I like to keep my schedule packed. I like to feel like I'm helping and doing something and you know with my sister passing and leaving behind a newborn baby there was a lot of things to help with right there were funeral arrangements there was taking care of my new nephew and you know helping my brother-in-law become a a dad and just this newborn baby needed things and so it was easy to distract myself with helping and you know activities of different kinds and I, I really have to consciously take time to reflect and be sad because if I don't almost schedule that time and give myself that time, I know it, I can push it off and that's not necessarily healthy either. So um, that is one piece of advice I have to maybe people who are more type A organized busy bodies like me that, you know, you have to process and give yourself time to just reflect and be sad. And whether that's through therapy or journaling, or, you know, maybe visiting your loved one's gravesite, if that's applicable, um, it, it just, you have to give yourself time to just kind of sit with your sadness, which was uncomfortable for me, but I do think it has helped. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, honestly, uh, I think what was a really big turning point in my kind of journey was kind of embracing that um, that feeling doesn't go away. That that like you said, that deep, deep grief that eventually will, and there will always be a part of it where we'll remember that loss and you will feel it. And at least for me personally, what I've started thinking about it is, I hope that I still have that kind of pain all the time because I don't think of it as pain anymore. I, I've kind of like renamed it in my head. Like that's the love that I had for my brother. And that's why it's always going to sit into me. So I've, I've started thinking about that particular feeling as like what my relationship was with him and what we were. And that's kind of been like a driving force for me to keep going. And like, cause you, the reality is it sucks to hear it in the start. Cause I remember I hated hearing it as well, but it doesn't go away. You just grow with it. Yeah. Yeah, you carry it with you. That's what people have told me. And I, I'm, 
I now identifying with that more. And I love that idea of kind of reframing it, not as sadness or pain, but as a, a physical, you know, outpouring of the love you had for the person you lost. Like that's a, a good way to just reframe it in your mind as something a little more comforting and positive. Uh, again, we all have our good days and bad days. I've had a, a fair share of mine, but coming back to that feeling and that intention has always helped uh, during, well, the harder days for me, I guess. Yeah. Uh, if, if you're comfortable sharing, uh, is there anything that you do now that makes you feel connected to your sister or something that you kind of reach out to? Um, uh, what I do, basically, uh, my brother was very into music. Um, he played a lot of instruments and he created a lot of music, but never released it. But I still had his laptop and I had all the files. So something that I kind of really go to is listening to the music again, if you're connected to him. Uh, do you have anything that makes you feel connected to your sister? Again, only if you're comfortable sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's wonderful that you have such a like good piece of, of him that you can quickly you know, throw on his music and kind of feel connected. I am lucky and have the unique situation of having my nephew and spending time with him. Um, it is interesting. I think everyone expects that I, I spend time with my nephew and I just, I feel like I'm with my sister. You know, I think there's this, he, he is a piece of her literally. And so I'm, I'm so lucky I have that, but it's also unique in that they never really spent time together. So, you know, where her kind of story ends, his begins, and there wasn't really overlap. So it's not as much of a reminder as some people might expect it would be. But I do think that spending time with him helps me feel close to her and that like, I feel like I'm, I'm giving him some piece of her as well, just having grown up with my sister. And, you know, we had a lot of similarities that it, it lets me feel like, maybe there's a little piece of his mom that he can find in me and there's maybe a little piece of her that I can find in him. Um, so I think that helps me feel connected. Um, I also really love talking to people who loved her. Um, so I've spent a lot of time with, you know, cousins and aunts and uncles and my grandparents and sharing stories about Lauren and who she was. And my sister had a lot of friends from lots of different pockets of life, and it's been really nice to connect with some of them that I maybe had never met before. And they've shared stories with me of, you know, Lauren, and I just, I love hearing stories that just so encompass who they were as a person. Um, so that has helped me really feel connected. Um, but I definitely, like I said, have a unique, you know, story in that I have my nephew who is literally a piece of her that I can spend time with moving forward. I, I know the feeling of connecting with friends. There, there is a, it's, it, it's almost like you're reliving uh, some of their memories with them. Um, yeah. I actually remember um, my brother's friends were very kind enough, uh, especially was the sixth year, I think it was last year. And uh, I finally came to a place where I could finally go see them. And I spent mm -hmm. uh, the weekend of his death anniversary with them. And they were so kind. They actually made a little video for me where they put together pictures and videos of my brother and like from their memories uh, blasted on a projector on the screen uh, on the screen and they just paused and they just kept telling me stories and we spent a good three hours just having that and I don't know I, I had never felt so connected and at the same time so lost in that yeah. very moment but 
yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a very unique journey, right? Like grief, you just every time you think it makes sense, something kind of there's a curveball that hits. Yeah, it takes a turn. I think videos specifically are just such a great thing because you can literally hear that person's voice and see them. And, you know, I, I look back and I'm like, I wish I had more videos. Right. Um, and especially for my nephew, you know, we really were right after she passed, we really tried to collect as many videos as we could so he could hear her voice and see her and know who she kind of was. Um, so for those of you listening out there, take videos because <laughs> you will want them someday of someone. Um, but yeah, that's, that's very special to be able to kind of almost feel like they're in the room with you again. Um, but it also is very difficult when you're grieving that person. Um, so they're, they're a gift and also something that it's kind of tough to, to listen to and spend time with. But my, you know, my sister spent a lot of time in the hospital too, before she passed. And so the, well, I don't want to say a lot of time, a couple of days, but, um, I also, I had very, you know, sad images of seeing her in the hospital. So looking at pictures and videos of times where she was healthy and happy was actually very healing for me. Um, so I can remember her that way versus really the last time I saw her. Um, I think I originally thought looking at pictures and videos would be too sad or too tough. And now I find them far more comforting because like I said, that's how I want to remember her versus being in a hospital bed. Yeah, I understand what you mean. In fact, actually, when you just said that, I, I recently, maybe a couple of months ago, finally put up a picture of my brother right in front of what I call my workspace kind of thing, which is ironically in his bedroom. So there's a little study in his room and I've kind of just like taken control of his place. Uh, I have not removed the thing of his actually. All of his stuff, his posters, everything's still here. Uh, mm. I just made a few additions that I hope he wouldn't find. <laughs> probably would have for sibling rivalry I guess just normal yeah. thing but uh yeah I mean pictures videos yeah I think uh, we don't even realize uh, when we're uh, sometimes you feel like you just want to live in the moment but sometimes capturing it also it does help you never know yes yeah yeah you never you'll you'll never know when you might want that video or that picture so I I will be taking more videos of my life moving forward that's for sure <laughs> I I have realized that I have been more open to taking pictures and videos of myself first. Uh, mm. What has happened? Because I used to be a person that would literally run away from the camera, or I would offer to be behind the camera to avoid being in a picture. But mm. uh, I slowly kind of have eased into, not eased into it, kind of been working towards being more comfortable. Good, good. Because it's important. <laughs> As the photographer in this conversation, <laughs> I will tell you it's important. Be in the pictures. <laughs> Noted. Um, are you open to telling us a little bit of uh, like what are your coping mechanisms that you've kind of incorporated into your routine now that has proven to help at least? Yeah, I um, I definitely found comfort in regaining some structure in my schedule and my days. Um, for me, as someone who is self-employed and has a very flexible schedule, I, I loved having that flexibility early on, right after my sister passed, to take the time that I needed. I mean, I didn't have a boss asking me when I was coming back to work, which was wonderful. But at the same time, getting back into a routine was something I had to initiate. And um, I am a fairly motivated person. It didn't take a ton of motivation for me, but it really took a good two months for me to like 
really kind of get back and working to my full capacity. Um, so I could have a whole other conversation about, you know, bereavement time and how much we should give people. <laughs> but um, I, I think once I started to get back in some sort of routine and structure that really helped me um, just feel like I could move on in some degree and think about something other than my grief. Um, as mentioned, sometimes there's guilt around that, but you just, you have to find something to wake up for and, you know, get dressed for and, you know, kind of get your, get your life together to some degree. So finding structure, whatever that means to you, um, was very helpful. Um, you know, kind of, as I mentioned, spending time with other people who were grieving, my sister specifically has been very helpful to me, um, because you're able to share happy stories while also knowing that those people are grieving and sad like you. Um, so that's been really good. I public my Instagram about talking about how I'm doing. I've done a lot of like Q and A's where I'm like, ask me anything. I'll tell you how it is to experience tragic loss because I also think like there is no playbook and we don't talk about it enough. And I think our society really wants us to quickly get back to being happy. People are uncomfortable spending time with people who are sad and they don't know what to do with them. And so I've tried to kind of normalize this conversation of, you know, I'm not great, but I'm here and I'm functioning. And here's what it looks like to be someone who's, you know, grieving and maybe having a hard time, but also functioning through my day to day. Um, mm -hmm. So sharing my story, sharing my feelings, answering people's questions and just being really candid has helped me um, process. And it's helped me feel like the people around me know how to treat me, which has been very healing as well. I, I mean, we, we, we tend to be so uncomfortable with those conversations because it's so foreign, right? Because we never have them. So, uh, which is why sharing our stories are so important. So um, I really cannot even begin to describe my gratitude um, for being able to hold this space with you. Thank you so much, um, Rachel, You're for welcome. taking the time. Uh, it's been a very powerful chat for me, to say the least. Um, before we wind up, do you have any final thoughts that you would want to leave to the listeners? Um, I really just want people to appreciate your life as you know it right now. Um, I think that was something that I, has really hit me of one day I got a phone call that literally changed my life and, you know, unfortunately for, for the bad. And I just really want people to appreciate what they have and the time they have with their loved ones. And, you know, I don't want people to take anything for granted. So if you're listening and you maybe haven't experienced loss, or if you are in a good place, take the time to just appreciate that too, because there's, you know, someday you'll wish you have, you wish you had what you have right now. And so I think that's something, that's an attitude I'm trying to carry with me moving forward too, of just, you know, appreciation for the people I have, the things I have, the life I have, and, you know, really wanting to kind of live my sister's legacy by being positive and kind of living my life to the fullest. So I really thank you as well for creating a space where people can talk candidly about things like this. And I'm sure many of your listeners are also people who are struggling with whether it may not be grief, but something else that's, you know, mental health struggles or something else that's really heavy. And just know that even though it feels isolating, you're not alone. Thank you so much, Rachel. That was such a wonderful way to end this powerful conversation. I'm really appreciative.
of you taking Thank the you. time to chat with us. Yes, thanks for having me.